You and me together. Together. Constant companions forever. Forever. Talking about things like weather. Or not. Oh, not. Take some time out of your week. Your week. Listen, and then you will see. Oh, you'll see. How much you enjoy our show. Or not. Or not. You're about to experience constant companions. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Constant Companion Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Connor Orr. Of course, we have Dallas with us today. What's up, and we my have friends? A very special guest. We have Ben Moore of Easy Allies. How you doing today, Ben? Very, very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for for taking the invitation. Um, if you guys don't know who Ben is, we're gonna let Ben talk about where he comes from real quick. Yeah, so I'm part of a, an independent thing called Easy Allies. We are nine guys that talk about video games, write reviews, uh, shoot discussions cover events like E3, that kind of thing. We're just nine people that really love video games, and all of us uh, came from GameTrailers.com, um, which you may know for one reason or another. Maybe you watch trailers on there or retrospectives or things like that. So um, a lot of the people there have been around and been doing this for a while. Yeah, and what I want to say about... I want to tell you this, Ben, because I find this kind of interesting. Um, me and Dallas, what's funny is we both met on a church service mission um, and we were both serving in, in Arizona for two years. And I was having this conversation with Dallas because I used to have a podcast back in the day. Um, it's painful to listen to now, obviously. But um, when I was a teenager, I did that for a few months and then I gave it up. And Dallas told me, he's like, oh, man, that'd be such a cool idea. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he came home eventually and we were both home at the same time. And um, I contacted him and I said, dude, we got to start this podcast. And I kind of did it half-heartedly, not really thinking much about it, because usually whenever I get with people to do a project, I don't tend to actually be able to depend on them, because a lot mm. of times I'm always the driving force, but Dallas like just hammered it down to me, and it was at the time that I was watching Easy Allies, and I was getting really into your content. It was around E3 2016 when I first found you guys, and uh, the more I watched your, your content, the more I realized that... I wasn't coming to Easy Allies necessarily just for games coverage because you guys do have backgrounds with game journalism. You have this very professional um, essence about you in one way, and then you have a very casual and inviting essence about you in a totally different way. And I think that's mm -hmm. what makes, at least in my opinion, that's what makes Easy Allies what it is. Because people love the games and everything that you guys cover, but people care more about your personalities. If you guys didn't have any games, and you guys were just sitting around on a couch, people are still going to come and watch in the hundreds, in the thousands. I mean, you guys see with the, with the Gundam streams the, the type of outcomes you have. And to me, mm -hmm. it just says a lot about who you guys are as uh, personalities. You guys have a real identity to yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of these other journalistic entities um, are lacking sometimes. Mm. So Yeah, it's... Uh... You're, you're totally right, and I, I think the entire industry has uh, moved toward uh, personality-based content. Um, it's interesting because when I started at Game Trailers in 2013, I definitely think the company, uh, kind of from a top-down perspective, was sort of figuring out how to transition into that, that new era. I mean, the internet was changing, game sites were changing, mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, let's, you know, let's stick people's faces in front of cameras more. And uh, it's funny because I think almost every good thing that happened with game trailers I, I, I think maybe it seems like super considered but it was all very accidental um, and I'm happy with that because everything comes from a, a very innocent place um, like tabletop uh, adventures was just me wanting to play D&D &D and have an excuse for that and uh I thought it was going to last a week or maybe a month or whatever, and then, you know, it's this thing that's been going on for years now. Um, the Gundam streams are a good example. We, it's just 
we had talked about it and we're like, man, building Gundams is really cool. And, and Kyle had definitely been doing some of that on, on his own. And Brad and I expressed interest. And it's just like, yeah, let's just let's just do this because we care about it. And because we care about it, maybe others will. Um, I know Fiasco Nuts was the same way. Um, the movie podcast, the anime podcast, it's just us never forcing anything and just doing it because we're, we're genuinely interested in it. So, yeah. That's awesome. And as w- someone who is not, like, accustomed to the gaming world um, and just starting to listen to your podcast, it's really actually just started getting me excited about games again, too. And that's what I really love is just you guys are so passionate about it, and you also just, just make it entertaining for us as well. And so I've only had the opportunity to listen to a couple of your podcasts. I haven't seen any of your other content yet, um, but I just really enjoyed uh, what I've listened to so far. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, so for, uh, for context for the viewers, today is a special episode. You know, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about some controversial subjects sometimes. So today we're going to cool it down. We're talking about video games. Obviously, we have Ben Moore on the podcast. We're going to be talking about specifically uh, classic gaming memories, um, which kind of encompasses a lot of things. It encompasses a lot of my personal history. I'm sure Dallas, I mean, just about every kid I know, grew up playing some sort of video game um, and I'm sure Ben has a, a variety of games he's played throughout his days um, and I want to talk about some of those memories we have as kids I'll start us off actually because I think this is a great way to to um, help people understand who might be coming here from Easy Allies to understand what our podcast is um, we primarily tell stories so here's a story to me in my eyes and this is also okay I said it wasn't going to be controversial it's about to get controversial Sonic the Hedgehog 3 with Sonic and Knuckles attached obviously on the Sega Genesis to me is the greatest game of all time no question I will fight anybody on that (laughs) that is my favorite not only Sonic game that is also my favorite video game of all time and there's plenty of reasons for it half of it is probably my own nostalgia but something about having it confirmed via GameSleuth that Michael Jackson did indeed do the soundtrack for that game um, mm-hmm. even though he went uncredited. Um, it's, of course, the graphic style. It's the perfected gameplay, the simplicity of it, the variety of bosses, the environments. Everything in that game just um, just made me happy as a kid. It was a character that I thought was so cool. And you could have three players, but you couldn't because you could only play as Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. But the thing is, the only two you could play together as were Sonic and Tails, and that drove me crazy. And I was like three years old playing Sonic three of knuckles with my sisters and my sister always wanted to be sonic my other sister was always tails and i always wanted to be knuckles but they would want to play co-op so it put me in this position where i did not have the ability to play this game so i started crying of course i'm a three years old and i want to be able to to make knuckles just appear on the screen so being raised in a religious household i decide to turn to god this actually happened. Sure. And I, I kneel down. And I say, Dear Heavenly Father, please let Knuckles appear on the screen. And I prayed that his avatar would, like, descend from heaven into my TV screen. And all of a sudden, I would be able to play with them. I don't know what I was going to do about a third controller. No, but you know what he no. did? God came through. He gave me an idea. He said, <clears throat> you got to do it yourself, buddy. And I said, okay. So I went to, uh, I found a little notebook with lined paper, um, and I cut out, and I used some colored pencil, and I made my own knuckles, <laughs> and I attached <laughs> it to the screen. And because it's a side-scroller, he just has to stand in one place, and he moves around with them. And I thought it was the most ingenious thing, and I was happy as could be with my little, uh, with my little paper-cut knuckles on the screen. I love oh that. That is, that is a heartwarming story, I would say, Connor. It is. It uh, is. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, I, I miss the like being a child. You know, you can you can do that kind of thing, and you can just uh, 
have solutions for that and everybody thinks it's adorable you i mean you couldn't do that now right as an adult i could though i could you could <laughs> you could you could but it'd be perceived differently right it would be. uh yeah and i i love that you went through all that effort to get this your favorite character into the game uh as a kid i, I was a sonic kid growing up i was a genesis kid that was my first console and only console for a long time i've always respected the kind of isolation of Knuckles. I mean, they presented him as this sort of uh, attitude-y character that was operating behind the scenes, getting things done, doing his own thing. And so the fact that you could only play him by himself uh, in those games uh, was really cool to me. I liked that. But I, he wasn't my favorite, so I could understand that from your perspective as well. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I didn't even have a controller. I wasn't controlling him. I wasn't doing anything that would even orient myself with the video game. It was just having him present was enough to just feed my soul. Yeah. <laughs> so you said, though, that you were satisfied with it when you were a kid, right? But would you be satisfied with drawing him on your TV or drawing him and then putting him on your TV now? Well, Would that make you happy? No, now? no, no. Of course not. I am. Okay. As consumers, we tend to become very greedy, and we have this desire for more and more. So as I got older, and as my imagination just kind of diminished off into oblivion, um, like it tends to do with most adults, um, I, I would have to have something much more gratifying, something much more satisfying, something in my hands. But nowadays, I could go on the internet, and I could probably find a mod somewhere where I could play three characters on the screen. I don't know how it would run. But that's probably feasible nowadays. I wouldn't have to be praying sure. to God to do that. <laughs> I actually, that, that's not to get all all old many, but uh, that's actually something I miss about those cartridge-based days, is you're totally right. Like, if you wanted something in a game, uh, especially a PC game, right, you can make that happen. Or maybe they'll come out with DLC that'll grant your desires. And, you know, it's just a thing that you purchase, a button you click, and then it's on your machine. Uh, but you were talking about Sonic and Knuckles specifically, and I remember it feeling like momentous getting Sonic and Knuckles, putting Sonic 2 in there, putting Sonic oh, 3 yeah. in there, and being like, oh man, this physical connection, this this tower, this that weird cumbersome baby. tower. Yeah, it's it's changing this game, right? It kind of it kind of felt magical. It kind of felt mysterious. Um, just because the process was kind of elaborate. Like, you had to put these two things together and then put them in your machine. Um, and, and I thought that was cool. Obviously, my age uh, was affecting that experience as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, as things become more simple, I, I do kind of miss the process a bit, you know? It's the simple joys. Let me ask you both, Dallas and Ben, what are some of those video games? Like, like I said, for me, Sonic 3 was always the one that I probably have the most memories of growing up. A lot of Genesis games in general. But what are some of those games that you associate mo some of your most fondest childhood memories with? Who should go first? You go okay. ahead, Dallas, if you have one. All right, I have one, yeah. I think like, what I love most about games is the social aspect of it. How you can come, you can buy a new game, and then you can invite three or four of your buddies over, and you can play them together. And so that's like what I did um, with Halo and Halo 2. You know, I'd, I'd invite my buddies over, and we'd be playing all night long. You know, and back like in my middle school days, you know, sleepovers were the best things ever. And I just remember um, playing that, playing Halo 2 online, and we're playing like SWAT, where you, it's like headshots kill. And it, I was the greatest SWAT player in the entire world, I thought. I was so happy. Um, but another game that we spent hours on was Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yes, dude. Yes. I love <laughs> yes. that. I mean, I actually remember having all sorts of qualms with the game at the time. But like I said, in retrospect, that game was amazing in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Very flawed, because but... Amazing. Two towers, you can only play single player, mm -hmm. but then Return of the King comes, oh man, get your buddy in there, we're playing. Dude, who was your dude? Who was your dude? Gandalf. Gandalf. I'd always go in, because I eventually unlocked Isildur, and I thought it was mm -hmm. so cool to actually be able to play, and he's just like in that one scene at the very beginning of the movie, obviously, but to actually like bring him back from the dead, and I was like, Sauron, you better watch out, coming back for you. You gotta like <laughs> RP it to make the game like, that's the thing, as a kid I did a lot is I would RP, even 
when I what like like I said, I know I'm going back to Sonic 3, but I remember specifically waking up on a Sunday morning and then we went to Sandopolis Zone and there's this level where you can play around with like these blocks that you can push around and we had our characters mm-hmm. like set at this little sand block and we pretended like it was like a picnic table or something and they were having lunch and we were making them have a conversation. And we do that a lot with like Banjo-Kazooie where we'd come up with banter between Banjo and Kazooie. We would always RP things for whatever reason. That's awesome. It was. Like, like using your imagination to make things better is good in, in any context, I think. I get, I don't know, that's so, so heartwarming to hear. Yeah. What about you, Ben? I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What is a game that oh, you no, have fond memories good. of? It it's hard. I, I you know I've based so much of my life around video games mm-hmm. uh, that like I could I there's a zillion stories that I could tell. Right. Um. I guess one that sticks out most readily is you know it's always the earliest ones that are gonna stand out the most is. Um, this was a little bit after I was introduced to video games and loved them and knew I was going to spend the rest of my life with them. I, I just was like, I want more games. Like, I want to play games on different... Con- like, I didn't get attached to any one thing. Like, mm-hmm. I first played an NES, but I wasn't like, okay, I'll just limit myself to the NES. You know, I wanted a Genesis. I wanted... Uh, I remember it was a Gamescom, this shitty Tiger Electronics handheld. Like, I just wanted to do... Oh, yeah. Experience all forms of games and uh the playstation was coming out and it looked awesome and you could back at that time you could rent consoles from movie rental places oh yeah and i remember but yeah and, and at this point my parents had not realized that i was lost to games <laughs> and so they were still like i don't know if we should get you this it's gonna ruin your life they were right but uh they were wrong they, so they were wrong don't say they were right <laughs> they were wrong i'm just look at you i'm now. just joking I'm just joking, but uh, yeah, they they weren't gonna buy me a PlayStation, but they're like, we'll let you rent one for a weekend or whatever. It's not gonna it's not gonna hurt you that much. And so to go along with that, I had to rent a couple of games, and I remember uh, renting Parappa the Rapper uh, just because it looked cool. Classic. There was this yeah, there was this dog with a beanie and a microphone on this yellow cover, and I was I I it just. I knew nothing about it, and it was such a magical experience because I I didn't know what it was other than it was cool and I was attracted to it, and I played it, and I'm like, this is the weirdest shit ever. There's an onion, he's fighting, and I I loved it so much that, like, I would, like, hum the songs to myself sometimes, and I just, it was so cool, and I remember thinking, like, I've never experienced anything like this, like... A, a movie wouldn't give me Chop Chop Master Onion. Uh, you know, a book wouldn't give me Chop Chop Master Onion. I had no concept of what anime was at that time, so so maybe I would have said anime could give me this. But um, I just remember thinking like, oh wow, video games can do this. They can be this weird, and that's okay. Um, and that being a a pretty awesome moment that like fueled my desire to see more weird video games. Mm-hmm. No, I think so, that's I think, so yeah. true. Go ahead, Dallas. No, yeah, the same thing happened to me. I think that was one of my first video games I've ever played. Um, I remember going over to my friend's house, and he had it. He had the new the new PlayStation. It was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I remember just going over and playing it, and I just was so enthused by just how weird it was, but yet so pleasing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and that just that's what kind of fueled my my start on games too. How little I know though. I think that's so true, and I think it, it really um, transitions well. We actually got a question. We we hosted a and a for those who are listening, on the Easy Allies subreddit as well as the um, the forums, and uh, we had a and a for Ben, and one of the questions that I really liked, and I think this might go along with what we were already talking about, um, this is from, it says, uh, Dr. Senpai Mike, <laughs> Senpai Dope. PD, or MD, I mean to say. Um, so we got, it says, Ben, as we get older, our definition of retro must grow to encompass more and more. Where do you cross the line? Is this with play, sorry, is PlayStation 1 considered retro to you? Um, I, I guess it depends on what we, how we define retro. Is, is retro before our time? Like, is retro defined as technology 
like outdated technology because because to me the, the PlayStation will always have kind of this cool edge to it because it it did so much for me. But I guess it, like in the the brand scope of things, yeah, totally. I mean, you look at those early 3D polygons and it it looks retro. It's just mm-hmm. if, if it's just an aesthetic sense, then yeah, totally. Um, the only other thing I would throw into this is, I guess. Do we consider ourselves retro at some point, too? Right, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was saying, I think, well, well, I was thinking this, but I was like, I think it depends on what your age is. I think it depends on what you grew up with, because there are kids nowadays who think that the Xbox 360 is retro. You know what I mean? They grew up yeah, on that. Yeah. They didn't play anything before that. They had, they've only maybe played stuff a little bit beyond that. But to them, that's considered old. It was last generation. That's retro to them. Like, when I grew up, I mean, I was... I mean, we were playing the Sega Genesis, but I didn't necessarily grow up in the 16-bit era. I was at the very end. I wasn't born until the mid-90s. So I, when I grew up, it was right before the N64 came out. So I wasn't playing the N64 at the time, but I was playing these things. But I still consider some of these big technological advancements like, say, Mario 64, which in a lot of people's eyes was like the first jump into the future. Um, I associate that with very retro uh, ideas because I grew up when I was just starting to really get into video games or at least get a better grip on video games was around when the GameCube came out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it does depend on the age. Yeah, I, I'm i never more aware of my own mortality than when I go uh, go to a restaurant or something and there's a lot of people there and you know you see that that family table where they you know they have two or three kids and all of them are either playing on a phone or an mm-hmm. ipad and they're all playing games and yep. I'm like, yep i don't know any of those games and they seem to be really into it it's just uh that disconnect is definitely felt um in in that circumstance in a pretty funny way i think I, definitely I, and no, it seems I totally like to be agree. a new game out every week um like on the phone but mm-hmm. i remember the days where you would be waiting months just for that new game to come out or the new console, whatever it is, you know. But these these kids nowadays have it instantly, and so and the, they miss it. The thing about it is, you're right, Dallas, because as a kid, first of all, there's at least when I grew up, there was mature games, and then there were kid friendly games. And so, generally, as a kid, you're looking forward to the kid friendly games because that's what you're allowed to play. Um, yeah. And then you also have to depend on your parents' wallets. So it's basically like when your parents deemed it okay, you would get a game. And like you said, Dallas, that was only once every couple months maybe. Um, I fondly remember going to Toys R Us with my dad and picking up Mario Party 3 on the N64 and being so excited because I would go to Circuit City to play it at the uh, the little... um, stands they have. I do that with Pokemon Stadium as well. We would go to JCPenney so we could play the N64 there that had Pokemon Stadium in the little whatever you call it, the little dome or whatever where they had the N64 stand at. Uh, yeah. I, the, another interesting thing about phones is growing up, I, I felt like, you know, you talked about waiting for that game. Um, I remember feeling like at my school everybody was waiting for Halo 2 or everybody was waiting for the new Zelda. Um, there was sort of that, like, sure, people would go and play their own things and there would be some differentiation there, but in, in some sense there was kind of this community around this thing. But I feel like as a kid, if you're primarily playing phone games, at least from what I've seen and the kids that I've interacted with, there are so many games for you can choose from and so many of them are free that everybody's kind of playing slightly different things. Like, there might be rallying cries behind, like, you know, a Clash of Clans or a Clash Royale or something like that. But uh, there's so much to try and poke at um, that it's a little different than than waiting for that boxed thing in a store. Mm Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I I remember when I was excited to get... Don't judge me on this. When I was excited to get my first Tamagotchi... Oh, yeah, dude. That's all I got to say. Good stuff there. Don't make it like that anymore. No, they don't. They really don't. (laughs) Yeah. I was so into Tamagotchis, and and it was one of those moments where I was in love with the idea, but not in love with the Tamagotchi itself. Like Mm -hmm. the, The idea of, like, taking care of this digital thing and nurturing it and seeing it change was so cool to me. And then I'm like... 
And it's you, you lie to yourself as a kid, right? Where you see it and you know they're not really having fun doing these tedious tasks, but you're like, oh no, this is, this is still cool. Um, I definitely had that waking up moment where I was like, oh no, Tamayachi suck. This is no fun. And then just being being done with it. Just gotta say, wanted to love it. Pocket Pikachu, man, that dude never comes back. It doesn't matter how much you <laughs> shake that thing, that dude ain't coming back anytime soon. Um, oh my god! We're gonna go on to the next one. Um, this one I really like, and I don't know if you can pinpoint this to anything. Uh, I don't know if I can either. But it says, "What's your first memory of being really proud of a gaming accomplishment?" Um, I've got one for this, and it's a kind of an embarrassing answer. But the the way that I played games is. The mentality that is so different than what I have now for, for obvious reasons and what I had in like high school and middle school. But I played games as a very young child just because I was fascinated by them. I played them because I had so much fun. And so when I got to a point in a game where um, I, I got stuck, I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll go play something else. It wasn't even frustration. It wasn't rage quitting or whatever. It was just like, okay, I've, I've gotten a lot out of this. And even if it was only a couple of levels, I'm gonna go to something else. And uh, so I didn't beat games. I never finished games as a kid. And I remember there was this Disney game on the Genesis. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like there was Mickey in a Jack the Beanstalk outfit. Yeah. It was super simple. You could you could beat it in thirty or forty five minutes, it seemed like. And I remember just breezing through it because it was meant for kids and being like, I beat this game. Uh, it was you know one of if not the first games that I finished. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, you know what's funny? I was actually going to say the same thing. I still have games on the Genesis that I go back to and I say, I'm going to beat it. I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to beat this game. And I never do. Toy Story on the Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo or PC. Such a... It's, that game is ridiculous. That game is insane because it, ta- it changes genres. Like one episode or like one level is kind of like this first-person shooter type game. The next one is like a racing level, and then the next one is just like a typical side scroller, and then the other is you know some big boss fight. And that game just changes on a dime, and it's so unforgiving. And a lot of those games were for replay value. Um, but you're right. To get a game beaten back in the day was like a huge accomplishment. In like Banjo Tooie was one of the few um, N64 games I actually got to the end of, and I got to the Hag One, which is the final boss, which is ridiculous because you have to use the you have to use Kazooie as like this gun, and it goes into this first-person perspective, and Grunty is in this giant tank with a drill on the end. Sorry, spoilers. And she asks you quiz questions, and then after she's done asking quiz questions, she starts shooting spells at you. Then you have to take out Kazoo, you have to aim at her in like the five seconds you have between her shooting spells at you, hit her with an egg. Then it gets so ridiculous that you actually have to do this whole like crazy like bullet tailpipe thing where you have to shoot this little egg that hatches a little robot Kazooie, climb inside like, I don't know if it's like the tailpipe or the hatch to the hag one, go inside and then you have to like blow up things on the inside, all while all this other crap is happening. And I just got to that boss, I didn't even get close to beating it but I'm like, you know what, I've gotten further in this game than I've gotten in like any other game on the N64 at the time I'm done, I'm happy, I've done it. Sure. So proud yeah, of you, definitely. Connor. Me too. I think I think my greatest game achievement, and don't don't like judge me again because I like to use cheats a lot on games. <laughs> but my greatest achievement was figuring out how to get infinite rare candy on Pokemon Red <laughs> or Pokemon Fire, whatever it was. I don't remember you, which wait, one it that's was. A, you consider that an achievement? Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. You had to do I'll like so many that. different things, go up and down like a hundred times, and yeah, I remember. Oh, okay. And That's back in yeah, the day you know when cheat codes actually had, like, a strategy to them. Exactly. Dallas, yeah. I'm so glad you, you brought this up because you made me think of something that was a really good period of time for me. Uh, at my school, Pokemon was sort of this collective thing where we were all talking to each other and trying to figure out the game. And we were competing with each other. You know, we wanted to catch more Pokemon than each other. We wanted to battle each other and win and that kind of thing. And so when somebody would find out, like, hey, this is how you copy rare candies, like, that was just a new tool that we all had. And, we're like, we all did it, and we were all on the same page with it. And that was such a cool experience that 
like breaking the game together and 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 uh, using that against each other. It was so much fun. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And then also like when you're trading with other players, you have to connect the cord in between mm-hmm. your consoles and oh, those are good. Those are good days. Those are good. Dallas, days. did you ever go to a friend's house explicitly to trade Pokemon? Like that was your primary reason. Oh yeah, and some some people would would hide it. They wouldn't really like share that they're playing the game, um, but then you'd have to like secretly like have some kind of code. I don't remember how we did it, but like you'd figure out that someone else is playing, and then you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, we're bros now. Let's do this." Mm-hmm. And we'd go over, we'd set a time, and we'd do it. Yes. So yeah, it was. Sorry, go, go for ahead. it. I was just going to say, yes, Pokemon in general is just like an entire portion of your childhood. I don't care who you are. And it's funny because so many people kind of disassociated themselves with the franchise. I had a, I have a friend named Wes, and he has always been big into Pokemon. I mean, even when like when we got older and everybody kind of made fun of him for it, made fun of him for it, he was still into it. And um, then Pokemon Go, of course, comes out, and everybody and their dog is playing it. And the thing is, mm-hmm. kind of weird because I remember when Pokemon came out, it was this massive phenomenon. I specifically remember, before I even played the game, I remember going with my sister to Walmart to get Pokemon Blue. Um, and I thought that was cool. I remember eating Long John Silvers in a kiddie pool, watching my sister play Pokemon Blue on her Game Boy Pocket for some reason at my grandma's house. And. <laughs> Just a very distinct memory I have just because of that franchise and what it kind of carried with it. And then I also remember my cousins introducing me to the anime. And then I remember, like, playing up until about Sapphire is really the... Not that I have anything against Pokemon, um, but that's the last Pokemon game I've played. And my sister, to this day, is a raging Pokemon fan. I mean, that's all she posts on her Tumblr. And so Pokemon has this... Um, it's really weird how even though people really do love it there was still that weird stigma that you had to hate Pokemon because it was cool to hate Pokemon at one point in your life and I kind of feel bad for those kids who really were into those things and got made fun of for stuff like that because that's definitely something you grow up with during childhood is you know you like these things and then there are points where those things are deemed uncool and so you can't share them with people even though they are cool yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there are negative aspects to constant connection and social media and all that stuff. But one thing I'm really grateful for, um, in an age where our, our window into the world is so much wider than it was back then, is I, I think, or at least I hope, it seems like that happens less and less, where you know maybe the people around you locally are not into that thing or would make you feel weird for, for liking something like Pokemon. But you can go online and be like, oh... There's a ton of people that like mm-hmm. Pokemon. There are entire online communities that are sharing information and drawing art and, and all that stuff. And I think it can, it, it helps you not feel bad for, for loving something in a way. And I, I very, very, very much appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to move on real quick. I'm going to read, sorry I didn't get through as many questions as we were hoping to. I'm going to ask one more question. Um, what are some of those classic games that you missed out on? Oh, this is good. Because um, I feel there's everybody misses out on some games. As much as you might want to be a video game connoisseur, there's always a game that you know people talk about that you've never touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I never had an NES, and uh, so I've... Or an S. I didn't have an SNES or SNES until high school. Uh, my first console was oh, the Genesis. And I was, was kind of. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I, same thing. I just still don't have an SNES. Although I have a Retron, and I just borrowed a bunch of classic SNES games from a friend. So I'm starting to um, get an appreciation for those games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I in in high school. I mean I had always seen things and I had an interest in game history and so I went back and I, I caught up on a lot of the stuff that I missed. Um, I got myself up to speed and was surprised at how much I enjoyed them even at a much older age. But uh, I think there are a lot of PC games that I just didn't have access to at the time. It's weird because I would play PC games with my dad, but there were... They definitely, my parents definitely knew about ratings and they knew about violence. And mm-hmm. uh, I was lucky enough to be able to play Doom 1 and 2 um, at school and at friends' houses, but I missed out on Quake. I missed out on Unreal Tournament. Um, and again, I went back 
when I was older and I played them, but I wasn't there kind of at their their absolute peak, and so I missed out on that. Um, Sui Koden was uh, a series that I never got around to for one reason or another, and that, that one always kind of sticks in my craw because I know I would love it. Um, Earthbound, I've never played all the way through Mother 3, and I know mm-hmm. I would love those. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be even more confident than that than Sui Koden. And so th- those are, I guess, kind of three big ones. Yeah, no, those are great. Did you have any Dallas that you always wanted to but you never got to? Um, no specific games. One thing I do wish that I could have experienced um, was just the the arcade atmosphere. You know, I look yeah. back on like old that's movies so, and stuff. Oh, and that's I see such a great them. answer. Exactly. And so that's something I wish that like like I know there's nickel arcades and stuff, but I never get to them. And there's there's they don't have that same atmosphere or that same feeling um, that you would like back in the eighties. Um, like if like I just see mm-hmm. movies and I'm just like I wish I was there. There's just something just cool and like unifying about it, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I mean, you hear stories all the time. My dad, of course, hung out in arcades in the 80s and he grew up like introducing PC games to me. And it's kind of funny because even though I said all that stuff about like, you know, parents keeping you from certain things, I remember specifically my dad bringing home Game Informer to me and he was like, hey, I was in like first grade at the time, and he's like, hey, you want the cheat codes to Mortal Kombat 5 Deadly Alliance? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I got like all the fatalities, and me and my friend who are in like first or second grade are sitting there playing Deadly Alliance, <laughs> trying out all the fatalities on each other. <laughs> so my dad was, was always um, pretty cool with that kind of stuff, I guess. Um, uh, so we're going to jump real quick. We got a trivia game we want to play. I'm, I'm sorry we're going a little over time. Um, but it's a game that you guys actually played on Frame Trap once, and I thought it was a great game, and it's stuck in my memory ever since for whatever reason. Um, and this is uh, its a game where its we look at video game, game print ads. Ben came up with this, and I read the slogan of the print ad, and then I give you a series of choices, and you have to try to guess what game it's from. So I'm going to try to... Um, read the ones that are easiest first and try to move to the ones that get more complicated. Okay, You're so... You're reminding me how much I love this game. It's a great game. I, I, when, I wa- when I listened to it, I was like, this is really smart. So I was like, I gotta come up with a game. So I thought I'd try to borrow one from, from Frame Trap. Um, so here it is. This is a slogan. Now there's a place more violent than Earth. Your choices are... Dead Space, Halo Combat Evolved, Mortal Kombat 2, or Doom? I'm going to go D. D, Doom? Because it has to do with hell, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe but you got to keep more. in mind... Mortal Kombat 2, the story is Shang Soon was thrown out and so he decided to hold Mortal Kombat in Outworld so that he could spare himself because for whatever reason they could do Mortal Kombat there but not on Earth and Realm anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of these that it could be. Uh, I Doom and MK2 would be my... my guesses but since i can only pick one i I think i am also gonna go with doom okay you guys are correct it was doom like i said (laughs) trying to mislead us there yeah yeah i well the thing was i figured nobody would guess mortal kombat 2 unless i threw in some explanation (laughs) (laughs) so i had to like wikipedia because i was like there's got to be another game that was really violent that didn't take place on earth um you almost got me you almost got me okay okay here's the next one it just says, the doctor is out. Your choices are Dr. Mario, Sonic Adventure, Mega Man 7, or Trauma Center Under the Knife. The doctor is out. Do you want me is to read this a trick question? The doctor is out. Dr. Mario, Sonic Adventure, Mega Man 7, Trauma Center Under the Knife. I do feel like this is a trick question. There is a correlation between all of these things. Yes. I don't know if Dallas would pick up on them, but I'm sure Ben does. Probably not, yeah. 
I just see Doctor and Doctor well, Mario. I'll just say, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's just doctors are all in these games. Okay, I'm gonna go oh. D again. <laughs> I just kind of screwed it up, but never mind. Sorry, oh. I, I may have accidentally misled you. Okay. Okay. So okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it like I said. Think about those games specifically and try to pick one that's different from the other. I uh, I think I'm going to go with Mega Man 7. What about you, Dallas? I'm going to go with D, Trauma Center. Trauma Center. Ben Moore is correct. Oh, my gosh. I Dallas, should... you have lost a point. So if you lose two more, you're kicked off the podcast. The, okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm very happy about this because Mega Man 7 is the, the Mega Man game that I've played the least. And mm -hmm. so I don't, re I legitimately don't remember the plot of it. But based on the options that you chose, Dr. Mario, you're playing, a, you, you know, I, it wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense right. based on the premise of the game and how it functions. And same thing with Trauma Center, which seemed to be the most obvious ones. And so I was like, maybe the plot of Mega Man 7 is Dr. Light gets kidnapped. And I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't, don't know? know what the plot line is. I just know okay. that I was like, well, I guess maybe Doctor Wiley's somebody's gone. One of the doctors is gone. Oh yeah, I guess that could so, be it. Maybe maybe Doctor Wiley is not perceived to be the antagonist, and then is right. the protagonist, or not not the protagonist, the antagonist. But yeah, I just that slogan made sense as a possible plot line for Mega mm -hmm. Man. Okay, cool. I'm glad that worked me. out. Okay, next one. I like this one. The quote is, At times like these, bullets are a girl's best friend. The choices are Perfect Dark, Bayonetta, Tomb Raider, or Final Fantasy X-2. All of these make sense. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you want me to read them again for you, Dallas? Um, I don't think that's going to help right now. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're no, good. Go I want to hear what you said. Uh, sorry, can you read the options one more okay. time? Okay, uh, the options are Perfect Dark, Bayonetta, Tomb Raider, or Final Fantasy X-2. I don't remember any of the ads for Final Fantasy X-2, and I really like that game. Um, and it definitely seems like a 10-2 thing to say. Uh, I'm going to go with Perfect Dark, though. Dallas, do you I'm have gonna, an answer? I'm going to go with Tomb Raider. Gosh dang it, man. Ben is on a roll. He Are got it. Kidding Perfect me? Dark. He knew it so was that it. One... He knew it was it because he tried to play it off like he was going to say Final Fantasy 10 2 No. You're <laughs> hacked into the system, dude. No, I know. It really does seem like I'm just playing these <laughs> off. Because I, I thought in my head, I was like, I think I've seen mm. a, a Perfect Dark ad that yeah. said that line. and uh, I, But I wasn't sure. Like, I, I, I was kind of sure, but not 100% sure. Um, you were three for so three. So, yeah, I, I've, seen, I've seen that ad before. Okay, you. that's that fine. The, that's that cool. That was the advantage there. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, so here we go. I like this one a lot. The quote is, this time... The destruction is personal. We have Rampage World Tour, Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal, Destroy All Humans 2, or Twisted Metal 2. I really like the options that you're coming up with this. Because, like, I have an initial guess, but then another one that you'll say will make me doubt myself. Go, th go through them one more time. Okay, so we have Rampage World Tour, Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal, Destroy All Humans 2, or Twisted Metal 2. I am going to go with my first thought, which I thought even before you said the answers, was Rampage. So that's okay. my answer. Dallas, I was leaning toward Rampage as well. But then I thought about the protagonists of Rampage. They're just giant beasts. Why would it be personal for them? And so because of that reason, 
I think I'm gonna go destroy all humans too. Dang it. Okay. Because I think all the ads for Ratchet and Clank focused on, or at least what I remember, different weaponry, not necessarily the destruction itself. It might be Ratchet and Clank. I don't know. Destroy all humans too. It's my guess. Okay. The answer is Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. Uh, Are you kidding me? Uh, no. I thought Rampage World <laughs> Tour was so smart on my my own in my own brain. I got you, you got Dallas. me. You got me. I thought Destroy All Smart 2 was... I, I don't know, because I, what I would do, this is how I did it. I would read the tagline, and then I would say, what game does this make me think of just by reading the tagline? And that's how I would mm-hmm. come up with these. Um, we have one more, and I really like this one. So here's... This one is kind of a curveball. This one is for a collection, a dual pack or a collection of games. And the tagline is bad to the bone your choices are alien 3 and terminator 2 for snes full throttle and grim fandango on the pc streets of rage plus revenge of shinobi on the sega genesis or the devil may cry collection and it says bad to the bone i'm gonna need to hear Hmm. those again Okay. You got <laughs> Sorry, somebody someone's with you there. distracting me. Yep. Is that your mom? Um, no. It was my girlfriend. Dude, you have a girlfriend? No, I don't. I okay. live a sad life. All right, sorry. So, okay, again, so bad to the bone is the tagline. The games are, so they're remember, they're combo packs. Alien 3 and Terminator 2, Full Throttle and Grim Fandango, Streets of Rage and Revenge of Shinobi, and the Devil May Cry collection. I should say, or the Devil May Cry collection. So I'm of two minds on this one as well. It always comes down to two. Okay. Um, for Full Throttle and Grim Fandango, it makes the most sense super literally because you know you're 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 playing as this thuggish biker um, in Full Throttle, and then in Grim Fandango, you're playing as is a skeleton um so that makes a lot of sense and it seems like such a lucas arts thing to do uh to to make a joke like that that was very in line with their humor back in those days and now i mean even with double fine it's a double fine thing to do uh but i also think devil may cry would just say something like that <laughs> uh just say so a true. tagline like that um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Full Throttle and Grim Fandango, and I'm gonna be really upset if it's Devil May Cry. Okay, Dallas. I'm gonna go Devil May Cry then. Make this interesting. Okay, the answer is Alien Three and Terminator Two for <laughs> oh the SNES. God. Are you kidding? I feel like there's no logic there. <laughs> I know there isn't. Do you I have thought- an explanation? Well, I started thinking of skeletons when I thought of bones, and I thought, oh, Grim Fandango, and then I thought, oh, wait, but Double Fine also made Full Throttle, and I always associate yeah. Bad to the Bone with bikers for some reason. I'm like, oh, that would make, like, a sweet yeah. combo pack, and I'm like, I should just do it based on combo packs. So then Connor, I had to you come totally up with fooled others. me. It makes so much sense. I yeah. know. <laughs> Double Fine, if you're listening, I'm available. I can go back in time for LucasArts, and I can do your ads for you if you want before... Uh, Alien 3 and Terminator 2 steal. By the way, Alien 3 is a freaky game. I gave that game away to a friend because I was so scared of it. But I had the huh. Sega Genesis version. And that's that's all of them. So you guys went, okay. I think Ben, you did three and Dallas, I don't think you I think got, I got one. You, did I you got get one. one. What'd you get? The first one. Oh, you're I right. Don't you did. You did. I don't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, we both did Doom. You yeah. both did yep. Doom. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um... So that's going to do it for the games. We're going to finish off this podcast real quick. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ben. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Yeah, it was a blast to have him on. If you guys haven't checked out Easy Allies, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You guys got to go check them out. They do all sorts of things. They do games. They do reviews. Um, like I said, if you're looking for something with a professional perspective on it, you can find it. If you're looking for something on a, with a much more casual um, perspective, you can also find it. They do streams weekly. Is there anything you want to plug specifically, Ben? Um, No, I, I just think if you want to check us out, the, the best way to get a sampling of our stuff is to go to youtube.com slash easyallies. 
check out a few things. We've got, we we run the gamut, uh, the nerd mm-hmm. gamut, I guess. You know, we do Dungeons and Dragons, we do anime, we do movies, we do rest. There's even a lot of wrestling on there. Yeah, um, that's true. There's video games. So if if any of that stuff interests you, give a sampling of it if you like it. Subscribe. That helps us out. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Dallas. Nothing, nothing specifically, I guess. Dallas, do you have any parting words that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, just want to say that I love you mm-hmm. and that you are all are awesome. And that's all you really need, actually. Yeah. I have one question for you, Dallas. Oh, no. Will you, are you willing to identify the person who is sitting beside you? Are we allowed to know or is that private information? Yes, my mom is in town right now. It's your mom? <laughs> and she was Can she at least thinking, say hi? She was she left. On... She was oh, too embarrassed. Kidding me. She was yeah. she was on our New Year's episode. Yep. Dallas is out at school. His mom is in town. Yep. That's that's very sweet. Um, oh yeah, she was pushing my hair up, doing the little lick the lick the fingers yeah, and push I saw my hair that. over. That's such a mom thing. I'm just like, "Mom, go." Um, I got I've just got to say, before we go, we love Easy Allies. My mom, my dad, everybody in my house listens to them. At, my mom mostly overhears stuff, but my sisters have started their own D&D campaign because of tabletop escapades. I watch everything every week. Um, so anytime I'm editing stuff, you guys are basically my go-to people. Uh, you guys single-handedly like got me back into video games. Um, when I thought that I had distanced myself far from it. So I am very grateful to have you on the, the podcast, Ben. So we thank you so much once again. Yeah, yeah thank you, man. Uh, it, it weirds me out when you say family members are listening just yeah. because I think to like to handle it, to mentally handle it, I'm just like, oh, everybody's listening. It's just, you know, they're just nerds like us. Um, we are. We truly are. Like my, my parents listen and that – that freaks me out. Not that, not because I don't want them to listen. Or they it's just weird, isn't like it? That. It's weird it's to me weird. too. It's just weird. Yeah. My dad's like my dad's so into tabletop escapades that he's going back right now and he's listening to all the tabletop adventures. And so like every day he's like, "You need to watch tabletop adventures. You need to watch tabletop adventures." I'm like, "I'll get to it." He's like, "We got to do our own podcast." And I'm like, "Since what have you ever wanted to do a podcast?" <laughs> he's like, "I want to do." So he's bought all these D and D books. He's like getting really into it. So that's all thanks to you guys. Um, cool take that how you will um okay so thanks guys for listening if you want to find us you can find us of course uh at constant com- constant companion podcast.com you can find us on itunes if you could leave us a rating be honest don't just leave a five stars just because dallas told you to if you want to leave a 2.5 it's if it's honest it's honest uh you can also find us on facebook you can find us on twitter uh we're also of course on youtube um and if you want uh stick around uh, there's gonna well don't stick around on here but stick around and check out our YouTube and stuff because we're gonna have some exclusive content going up there um, so thank you guys so much for, for listening today and we hope you have a great week or not oh not take some time out of your week your week listen and then you will see oh you'll see how much you enjoy our show or not or not Constant companion